Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey there, it's me. You're listening to episode number 83, Heavy, Deep, and Real Funny, Encouraging the Discouraged Woman. In this episode, I get to talk with Amanda Archibald. Amanda is a multi-passionate, self-employed entrepreneur since 1995. She has insane wit and loves to dive into the deep end with conversations. She feels like she's on this earth to encourage the discouraged woman. She's a single mom of two teen boys and lives in Monument, Colorado. She's an author, blogger, photographer, graphic artist, and lover of residual income. In this episode, we talk about Amanda's book, Heavy, Deep, and Real Funny, as well as her experience with divorce, our thoughts on religion, and personal growth. Amanda is super funny and encouraging and insightful. You're going to love this episode. So here we go. Let's dive in. Here is my interview with Amanda. Welcome to this episode of the We Podcast. I'm really excited to have the amazing Amanda Archibald here with me today. And I know we're going to have such a great conversation because I feel like we have so much to talk about and I can't wait for you to hear her story and where she's come from. And I think the thing about you, Amanda, that I just really love and appreciate is how open you are. And that's definitely something where we are on the same page. And I love when I meet a kindred spirit and it's like, let's just let it all hang out. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So thank you so much for being here with me today. You're welcome. I'm excited. Let's do a little bit of your backstory first, and then I want to get to your book. I have your book here in my hands and want to talk about a couple of things with that. But before we dive in there, I'd love to just know personally, and I know our listeners would love to know just an overview of your story. Bullet points of life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. So I'm a native of Colorado. I was born in Boulder. I am a product of divorce. My parents divorced when I was two. 
and I moved every two years till I was about 13 in different cities in Colorado. So I learned very quickly how to win people over with humor and create friendships very fast. But I also left before all the girl, girl drama <laughs> happened. <laughs> so it's perfect. So yeah, at a very young age, I have been cultivating humor, you know, just like the negative stuff you are told from a very young age who you are in a lot of ways. And you take that stuff seriously and you take it on as if it's your identity. And so the negative stuff you get to work through, right? And heal through, but the positive stuff, like you're a great artist. Well, I went into graphic art and photography and you just, I think as a young kid, you're like, okay, that pleases people and that gets attention. So I'm going to create more of that positive attention. So that's kind of how I fell into humor and cultivating it. I love making people laugh. So anyway, I've moved a ton in my life and I have some pretty crazy stories. Like I'm a product of divorce twice and, and then I created that for myself too. So it's been a journey. I shouldn't say I created it. We created that together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a journey of introspection and looking deep within like why why do we create these things why do we accept these things how do we move out of it and how do we grow and own it and move forward into an awesome life so I ended up being a photographer for a seminar company that did personal development for about 13 years and so I've been in about 50 seminar rooms just watching humans come to the end of themselves (laughs) and hopefully grow. But I can say, I think about 10% really takes it on like Mm. solidly. So always, if I can encourage someone into growth, I'm absolutely there. And so I absolutely enjoyed meeting you and actually switching books. That was super fun. Like to have someone actually want to do that. So that was fun. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. I can't wait to talk more because I feel like we have a lot of similarities in books as well, even though they're very different formats, but I feel like our heart is very similar. So let's go back. So you said, you know, you're kind of talking about how patterns perpetuate themselves. It sounded like with your parents' divorce and then you having two divorces And so what are your insights in that? I know divorce is very difficult. I know it's very stressful and hard and also a huge opportunity for for growth as well. I think since divorce was such a young age for me, I didn't know any better. But the thing is, is my parents have always shown me, like my dad came to Thanksgivings, Christmases, everything with my stepdad. You know, Mm -hmm. he came to all the volleyball games. He did all the stuff. And so I didn't really lack, even though our relationship suffered quite a bit. I feel like it's no matter what we've gone through, like I've ruined my kids too. Like they're going to need counseling. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is it's mom, dad issues. It, It stems from the mom, dad. And we get to as adults, okay, that was your life that's what happened to you. And you could be this 
kid that's in turmoil that turns into an adult that creates turmoil. Or you can look back and say, okay, now I'm an adult and now I got to make choices and this isn't working for me. So how can I create better? The thing is, as humans, you can't control humans. And like I married an addict. I didn't know anything about addiction, (laughs) but I do have a heart and a love for souls. But when you get on the flip side of that, I know I'm totally rabbit trailing into so many subjects we could talk about for 10 hours, probably. That's okay. But (laughs) when you, when I figured out that I truly thought that my love could save a man, which is super cocky, I'm not God. That's when I was released from a huge job. Now I gave it my darndest almost to the death of myself and my soul, you know, but at some point you got to be like, okay, this isn't working for me. And what am I doing? Why am I creating this? Why am I attracting this and accepting this behavior? I feel like I'm a pretty confident woman. And yet I feel like it was my opportunity to have more compassion on women that are in abusive relationships, verbal, mental, all the crap. Mm -hmm. So if you can look at things like from the perspective of I'm here right now because of all the choices I've made, that gives you such freedom to get out of the blame game and to really come forth and say, okay, and now I'm going to choose this. Yeah. So those are just some tidbits of what I've come across in the last couple of years of, through my own healing, through my introspection and mm-hmm. desiring to have a fulfilled, happy, joyful life. Yeah. And I know, you know, in, in my history, I didn't marry, you know, my daughter's dad or other guys that I dated, but same kind of thing for me, like thinking I can rescue them, I can change them, I can save them. And so I totally identify with that. And realizing too later on that that whole process is a really an attempt to save myself and make myself worthy rather than it really having anything to do with the other person. Right. Yeah, I have just looked into something. It's pretty deep, like it's deep. It's when you start just going back to your mother and father wound. I have a great relationship with my mom up until recently. Like we've had some struggles and stuff because we've lost a family business and all this stuff. But I was looking at how much she has put her identity in helping others, especially with the Christian quote unquote title she's quite lost if she's not helping someone. And I was like, holy crap. I got that same thing. Like I thought that was a medal of honor and yet it completely ravished me in many relationships. So, and now I just picked up the book boundaries, which I purchased about 20 years ago and probably should have started it. (laughs) But I feel like I have a pretty darn good boundaries. And I just read the first chapter and I'm like, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That book was life-changing for me. Oh yeah. 
interested in getting through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading it. I read it when I was in my twenties, I think, and reading it and being like, what? Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like this yeah. is, I can actually have these things and it, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> well, I'm only a chapter in, and what's striking me is the absolute necessity to bring out the legalistic bullcrap that gets put on us at a young age for me. I'll mm -hmm. speak for myself. Oh, totally. It's just like, oh, I should be a better person. I should love this person more, even though I'm being verbally abused on the, on the daily. And I would never want one of my friends to ever. And I'm pretty sure Jesus is sitting there going, hey, that's awesome how you're being treated. <laughs> like, right. It's yeah. just not, this, yeah. this book's going to be awesome for me right in this time period. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. And you, you know that my history is very highly religious. Um, mm -hmm. My dad being a Baptist preacher and lots of legalism, lots of fear-based everything growing up. Yeah. So that's something I want to talk about because I, I think this is a really good conversation point. And before though, I want to say your book because I'm going to refer back to it a bit. The title of it is Heavy, Deep, and Real Funny. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes of this episode. So if anybody wants to check it out, it's easily accessible for you. But one of the things that you write in the, the very beginning of the book is I felt like something very similar to what I wrote in the beginning of my book in that deep fear of, you know, knowing for a long time that this is something you needed to do, that this is something that needed to be out there and taking so long to do it. I, you, what did you say here? You said um, that this is something you've wanted to create for years and maybe even decades. And it took me at least seven years to publish my book because yeah. that fear there of, and you put it in the way of uh, yours was fear from the uh, judgment of the Christian community. And yeah. you identify as a Christian, right? Yeah. And so I, I just, yeah, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that. There's so much. <laughs> you said so much. <laughs> First of all, I'm a pastor's kid twice. So just you figure okay. that one out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so here's the thing. Gosh, there's so much you said that I would want to jump on. It was 10 years for sure. I've had this wicked sense of humor, like on point wit, but I was told I was sarcastic my whole life. And then I looked up the word sarcasm and it's unexpressed anger, which I totally agree with. If you're going in to bite someone and like kill off their soul with your mouth, then yes, yeah, sarcasm, that's a great just description of it. But then I found the word wit. And the problem with that is I can go into like 15 grade, 15 year old teen humor <laughs> And I used humor to protect myself as a woman um, against men for a very, very long time because I hung out with dudes and I knew how they talked about women. So I was like, I'm not going to be me. 
so humor protected me, but then I had this relationship with God going on. And by the way, the people in the church are the most hurt people out there. They're searching for some kind of refuge and and to get away from what's going on in their heads. I didn't know how to marry the two. And that's why my book is called Heavy, Deep, and Real, which is something my mom's told me my whole life. I'm always swimming in the deep end. But everyone over here is in the freaking kiddie pool, like throwing balls at each other's heads. <laughs> um, so it's like, how do you bring heavy, deep, and real subjects, raw, real life, and then how do you bring humor in? And how do you do it as a Christian woman? And so I just could not marry the two ever, ever, ever until I went to a women of faith thing a long time ago, probably 10 years ago. And all they had was hilarious women up there. And I'm like, "Mm, wait a minute. And here's something I heard about a month ago. Sorry, I rabbit trail so much because I'm excited. God is interested in your character. Your personality is intricate and unique. And that is what released me to be like in the grace room around my humor. Because if I can make you laugh, which is very easy for me. I don't mean to brag, but (laughs) we will laugh if we're together. Then your barriers are already down. And then we can create the space to commune with each other. My goal isn't to save the universe. That's not even my job. My goal is to love. And so if I can love you and accept you as a person, knowing that I'm not the savior of the world, which obviously had to be dropped, then that then I'm doing my job, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when the legalism comes in, and I know the Baptist thing, I had a grandpa that was whew, challenging, judgy mm-hmm. a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> just a smidge judgy, not to put all of them in one box, but it's been an interesting journey, but I'm committed to finding out how to be the best me so that I can overflow into other people. Yeah. I don't know if I answered all your questions, but no, that okay. yeah. That's kind of my thoughts on the whole religious. I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. I don't I actually do not like that word at all. I am total relationship oriented. So my book was actually written for with it's not for seminary students. You would be angry and miserable because I probably misquote the Bible several times. Actually, I don't even think I quote the Bible, but (laughs) (laughs) my goal is to like put something out there that's for people that have been angry at God. Mm -hmm. And so when we found each other, I was like, oh, this will be an interesting (laughs) trade-up. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I know. I love it too. I, you know, I'm really at a place in my faith right now where I don't really know. I don't know that I identify as Christian. I don't think I do. And I love many, many people who do. And so I think that that's awesome that we can all come together and we can be in community and relationship with each other, no matter how we see faith or spirituality. I'm not a fan of religion either um, because usually with religion comes all of the shame-based rules, which I'm really not a fan of. And, you know, both of us experience so extremely 
that we were both terrified to put our books out into the world. And so it's not, unfortunately, an uncommon thing. I think these rules and the fear and the shame keep a lot of people from doing what it is that they are truly called to do in this Mm -hmm. life and who they're really truly meant to be. And so maybe one thing we can focus on talking about is how do you come through that? Like it took you a decade to finally say, this is going out into the world, I'm putting it out there. What does that process look like to come through and, and to push through that fear and, and step into your truth, even though there are going to be people out there who don't like it? Well, one, you have to give up the need to care what anyone thinks, which is a process for sure. You can baby step it. You can get on social media and put some stuff out there, um, but you also get to be at choice of if this person is that toxic to your social media, they got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either it's a conversation or it's a block and delete. That's a pretty brutal way to say it, but what you have results in is what you're most committed to. So if I'm most committed to being a healed, healthy woman that overflows love into other people's lives just by being in your presence, then that's going to show up in every single thing I do. If I'm committed to being miserable and unhappy, which now is a great time to be talking about this, then I'm going to find everything to back up what I'm committed to. So if I'm committed to being miserable, I could give you a long laundry list of things that I could choose into that make me miserable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I'm a single mom in the middle of this scenario, and I've actually never been more peaceful and more abundant minded than I ever have, which is really strange. It does not mean that I don't have huge challenges financially or things coming at me, but I'm committed to being in a space of abundance and favor and love. So Mm -hmm. that all of that comes to you when you're putting it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And so meaning the scenario you're talking about the pandemic that's going on right now Yeah. Yeah. Just so people are clear on that. I agree with you. It's all about where, where you decide to be, where you decide to focus. And I I think that's so empowering when we finally realize that we have a choice. And my favorite quote is it's none of your business, what people think of you, but it is your business, what you think of yourself. One of the biggest things I think is a must is to work on your self-talk. People make fun of the positive, you know, reinforcement or the positive self-talk. I'm great, you know, like staring in the mirror and stuff. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that's a a great starting place. Then you got to like get into the why don't I believe that? You know, what about my past? Who spoke that to me originally Mm -hmm. that that wasn't true? And annihilate that crap. It is your job to recreate yourself. And I'm all about, that's 
I mean, my job on this earth is to encourage the discouraged woman. So my humor comes in there and then my insane ability to like see in you what you do not see in yourself. And it is all about self-talk. If you say you can't, you're absolutely right. You cannot. We create our own reality. That's right. So, and I could look back on my past and be like, wow, what a freaking failure. You know, mm. that's a lot of, a lot of loss and a lot of failure, you know, <laughs> or I could say, holy cow, I am one of the strongest women I've met in my lifetime. And I'm someone who empowers others because I'm willing to be raw and vulnerable about my journey but not in a victim standpoint, from a standpoint of, I got you, I can relate to you and let's, let's rise up, you know, let's, yeah. let's get out of this pit. Cause that's icky. Yeah. Yeah. For a while I had trouble sharing my story because I didn't want it to seem like I was coming from a victim place. I shared nothing about myself. <laughs> Because, you know, I was scared too, very scared that I would be rejected, people would judge me, you know, all of the things that get ingrained in our mind. But I think also a big part of that is because a, a lot of times I'll tell my story or before, even now, people will read my book and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all of that. I'm so sorry that, you know, and and I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And that makes me feel like a victim. And I don't want to right. be that. And so it's so interesting when you do start putting it out there, how you do that in a way that is strength focused, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even I sent you a message saying, dude, <laughs> After the first chapter. OMG. Yeah. No. <laughs> but you got to know, if you're going to sit in 50 seminar rooms, you've heard the worst abuse stories I've ever heard in my lifetime. It's not okay. So I think maybe just kind of reframing, because I, I know what you're talking about. Like people reach out to me. My book was written in 2014. So, and yes, I have another one on, but I've been focusing on these huge other dreams over here that it, it's pulled me away from writing. Just the fact that when someone writes you about something you, that happened so long ago and it's not really your identity anymore and you've healed through that, it, I think just to reframe it and be like, oh, they're, they feel close to me because they know something deep and vulnerable and they might respect me or whatever they're feeling, but they're looking at page two and I'm on page 4,000, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. it's okay. That's not your identity now. And it's what created you to be the woman you are. So I think I, I know I get the same responses to, to mine and I don't even know what they're reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have yeah. no clue what story you're talking about, girl. Yeah. But it was amazing. I love that though. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing like that people yeah. heard that. I want to make sure I clarify that. Okay. It's so interesting to me. 
And, and you're really talking about the shift from victimhood or going through really hard things into being able to stand in your power in those things. And if you want an amazing person to follow, whoever's listening, definitely you got to check out Brene Brown as far as the shame. Because mm-hmm. the shame is what keeps addiction rolling. Shame is what keeps you in the closet. Shame keeps your secrets a secret. All of that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When I pressed print and people were ordering my book before I even got my book in my hands because <laughs> of Prime. <laughs> I had that same situation. I was like, what? Yeah. So that was freaky. But it's like, I didn't die. I didn't die when I pressed, and I'm a pretty bold person. I'll jump out of an airplane and, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But it was, it's so interesting. I could visualize the like few faces out of millions of people, thousands, I shouldn't say millions. I could visualize the two haters that were like, mm-hmm. you know, and you just mm-hmm. want to feel it. It's so true. I've removed all those people from my life because obviously I'm not going to speak to you. Like my, who I am doesn't speak to you. So it's fine. We don't all have to love each other, you know, like that closely. And most of the time I've found in human relationship is if there's something odd between you, like you trigger something in them. You are not the problem. It's actually who you're triggering that they've not made amends with or whatever. I mean, I reminded my old boss of someone, I don't know who, (laughs) but man, I was like the devil's spawn, Mm -hmm. you know, to her. (laughs) It's just like, and I just kept being my funny self and it just got worse and worse because I didn't own it. I didn't take it on. I think the big thing is to be responsible and not take people's trash you know return to sender and but I mean if you want to have a weak moment and be in a pity party like rock that out for 15 minutes to a day (laughs) whatever you want to do like watch all the sad movies and listen to all the sad love songs rock that out feel all of it and then get up and put your big girl underwear on the next day is kind of my theory. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of accountability around that to show up. Yeah, it's important to feel the feelings and allow yourself to process through them. And there comes a point where it's, okay, now what do I need to do to, yeah. to move forward? Yeah. All right. So bat, let's go back to your book. So it's written in like a compilation of short stories. Yes. An opportunity for questions at the end of each and then a journaling space, which is really awesome. And you have it labeled the different places for journaling are based on the lesson of the story. Yeah. So I do humor first that's not related to the deeper questioning story. And then it's like, okay, what did you get from this? I don't, like, I'm not going to tell you what to get from this. What did you get? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's kind of my stance and um, journal about it. I have, you know, friends that have gone through my book a couple times in some book clubs and they're like, dang, 
Well, here's the crazy part. Like I wrote a book on how to love through loss and forgiveness. And then I go through the most, the biggest betrayal of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, And the biggest loss of my lifetime was after I wrote that book. So it's like I wrote a book on how to get through the next stage of my life. (laughs) And if you don't think reading your own words kicks your butt, (laughs) Mm, it's like, holy hell, I just wrote a playbook on how to get through what I just went through. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to go back to what you said earlier. The reason we don't put ourselves out there is because there is an almost a hundred percent chance that we're going to be hypocritical in what we've put out there because we're not capable of being perfect. And so the naysayers are just waiting until, well, you said you're being a total hypocrite. You said Mm -hmm. this, this, and this, you know what? (laughs) So I would say the fear of being found out that we're a fraud or a poser Um, or being hypocritical are the reasons we don't step out onto the ledge. And we, if you can just come to agreement that we are all posers, hypocritical, we're liars, we're murderers. I mean, even in our words, we murder people in our thoughts we do. And so if you can just get to the point and you don't agree with me, (laughs) I, I feel like when I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm capable of every foul quality there is out there. And I'm going to strive to be this person, even though I will be hypocritical in in some ways. And so that's why I can put my book out there finally, but also read it myself and get my own butt whooped by my own writing. That is really weird. Yeah. And I feel like I, I I understand what you're saying for sure because I had this image of myself forever that I needed to be perfect in order to be able to speak into other people's lives or yeah. especially as a therapist like that was so my identity I have to have the perfect life the perfect kids the perfect marriage because I am giving other people advice on their lives. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And man, that is so much pressure. And it's, that's impossible. You're right. Mm -hmm. Because we are human and we all have different stages of growth and different stages of awareness and and different hardships that we go through at different points. And so I think what I, I totally agree with you. And I feel like one of the things that did keep me from publishing my book for so long was I thought I needed to be at a perfect place before I could do it, which that's never going to happen. No, perfection is unattainable. Unattainable. Mm -hmm. I like to say words that aren't real English, (laughs) especially in my book. (laughs) Oh yeah. If you're analytical, you will not enjoy my book. <laughs> no. You'll be red pinning that bad boy. <laughs> oh no, so funny. no. It's yeah, we do. I know. I I still go through my book and find mistakes. It's really I know. annoying. I just read through it on a book club and I'm like, okay, I need to change that whole page. 
That's why I kind of refuse now to go back through it because I'm like, you know, at some point I need to let it live. <laughs> and that's what I say at the beginning of mine is if you're here to like grammar correct and, you know, red pen this bad boy, like you're completely missing the heart of my soul, you know, my soul. Mm -hmm. um, so this is one of my favorite quotes. And this is, you made me think of this when you were talking about counseling people. I really do think that people look for failures in others so that they can play small. It justifies them playing small. So my life quote, and I actually wrote it, this is something I gauge my life on now, is when I'm focused on you and what you're not doing or should be doing, then I don't have to do anything I was called to do. And so when I focus on you as a counselor that doesn't have a perfect life, then I don't have to heal over here because you're not perfect. So why should I have to be perfect? Right. Mm -hmm. Or who's she to say that I should change? Well, it's like, how about, how about you ask me to be in your life, um, to help you be an amazing person. And I, and you're not attached to any of the outcome. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm here to just step into your life. So maybe you could see things from a different angle because I've been places, you know, I've yeah, seen things. Totally. I just think that's an empowering thing to realize. It hurts. It hurts to realize that every time I focused on my crappy boss, that I wasn't putting my book out there mm -hmm. or I wasn't finishing this goal or I wasn't hitting financial goals that I wanted to hit in my businesses. Every time that quote comes up for me about probably 10 times a month when I look at myself and go, why am I not getting this goal? Oh, I'm focusing on my upline and how she's mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm using that as an excuse again to play small. And that is, you know, we all know that quote mm -hmm. or the, that quote about playing small. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I totally love that. It's so true. It's easier to point the finger at other people rather than focus on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a, in a abusive scenario, that's where the manipulation gets crazy yeah. because the finger is being pointed at you. And if the person could just stop and heal, mm -hmm. it would just be phenomenal for everyone. Yeah. I wish I had my phone right here. Cause I just posted a quote yesterday on, uh, about this and I'd like to read it, but I can't. <laughs> I don't have my phone. <laughs> and I'm on my phone. Otherwise, I'd look it up for oh, you. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just in the forefront of my mind right now because I'm reading a book by Glennon Doyle called Untamed, which I really like her. And she has a few books, and it's she has an interesting, really interesting story. But she started out as a very kind of structured religious Christian mommy blogger. And okay. she has gone through this like whole transformation. Now she's married to a woman. She's like, she found out her husband had been having an affairs on her. She got divorced. Like she has gone through such a huge transformation. And the mm. thing about her is she's done it all publicly. 
Okay. She was in the spotlight, you know, from the beginning when she was in this traditional place all the way till now where she's not, but she's really, um, listening to herself and her, her book is really, really great, but she talks about, you know, how we can't, when, when we hurt other people, it's because we are hurting and Mm -hmm. we can't ever get to a place of acceptance unless we accept ourselves first. And I think that's just so true and so powerful. And so I think this is kind of becoming a theme of our talk here, but. (laughs) Yeah, well, everyone's heard hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. But I heard one time someone say hurt people hurt people for sure, but healed people heal people. And I was like, yes, Mm, I love that. And so we should all strive to heal. If we aren't taking the time right now that's given to us, right during this pandemic to like seriously do some introspection of where our lives are at, we are missing something huge because it's time. It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to show up bigger. It's time to write your damn book. It's time to get your stuff out there. And I can say that knowing I'm a full hypocrite, (laughs) knowing I have not you know, pressed go on several of my projects, but that's why you hang around awesome people. Mm-hmm. They flood you with excitement to keep showing up. So, I mean, that's another thing. Like who you hang around is absolutely why you are the way you are. <laughs> mm, yeah, I totally agree. And yeah. I hang around awesome, phenomenal, just powerhouse women. Let's go back to this. Like, there's not one person on the earth that I would agree with 100%. I don't even agree with myself 100%. (laughs) So, like, giving up the need that everyone needs to look the way I need them to look for me to have a relationship with them. But if you're toxic and unhealed, I will probably choose out of you at some point. I agree. Yeah. So we don't have to rescue those people anymore. That's the beauty. If you're toxic and unhealed, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are free. So much time freedom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. That and people pleasing. Oh my gosh. When I, okay. So that's why you don't press go either. If you're a people pleaser, and in perfection mode, you will never press go on a project because that is such a fear place. Oh, totally. And that was me too. Like I have all these reasons I didn't press go, but I finally did. So that's the thing. We can work through it and we can get to a place where even though we're so freaking scared, we do it anyways. And and we realize we we didn't die and like you said earlier, we, we lived through it. It wasn't as terrible as we envisioned it to be. It was actually beautiful in a lot of ways. And I yeah. feel like that's what gives us the fuel then to continually open up more and more and more and keep being brave, the, doing those steps and realizing, okay, I can do this. I did this. Now I can do the next thing and the next thing and the next. Yeah. Well, the magic is out of outside of our comfort zone. The more you like push the cusp of that comfort zone, and this is total personal development, 
work coming out of me. If you have a circle and that's your comfort zone and you keep pressing out, like the circle keeps getting bigger, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think about my grandma who was in so much fear and her circle was so small. By the end of her life, she sat in a bedroom in Colorado and never left. And she was an avid painter. Uh, She wouldn't even walk down the hallway to go to her painting room. Mm. I mean, it's like, ha <laughs> like that drives me crazy, mm-hmm. but I get to not judge it and be like, okay, that's, that's what she's choosing. And I don't get to have a judgment on it. And can I fuel that? Can I fuel my own life by never creating that for myself? Fear and courage are really, really close to each other. I don't want to misquote, but I'm almost positive it's the same like frequency and emotion. Hmm. It's just one's super positive and one's, you know, the opposite. So mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, we I talk a lot and we could talk for like <laughs> 20 hours. We could. No we could. I agree. <laughs> And yeah, I'll just say on that, you know, it's one of the like therapeutic kind of techniques is taking anxiety and turning it into excitement because they do feel the, they feel the same. So rather than saying, I feel anxious, reframing that into, I feel excited and how much that changes the the perspective on something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if, I mean, one of the tools, people ask me how I get out of a funk or whatever. You put on some freaking music. I just put <laughs> a quote that said, I'm sometimes a girl's just going to put on some rap music <laughs> and get shit done. <laughs> uh-huh. Totally. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't love how all the music, what they talk about, and I don't follow their lives. or, But man, that beat you know, you can go into a heavy depressed space with music or you can go into like just hypeville mm-hmm. and dance parties are pretty normal for my house. You got to just get some tools in your tool belt that pull you out of these pits, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to move into our questions because I know we could talk for a long time. Okay. Unfortunately, we can't. <laughs> Keep us focused, girl. So I would love to know uh, what has been the most vital to your growth? My willingness to see a need that there is growth that needs to happen and going to my source, you know, getting real clean and clear with relationships and releasing and forgiving. Forgiveness is probably the main one. You always think of all these faces race past your mind, you know, when you hear the word forgiveness, but really the kicker is the biggest person to forgive is yourself. All right. What do you want to make sure that people know walking away from this episode? My hashtag is keep going. So you're doing awesome. You're right where you're supposed to be. There's more for you and just keep healing. Because it's only going to explode your life. All right. And then how can people find you? How can they connect with you? I think the best way, I finally just did a link tree 
Um, it's on my Facebook profile, which links you to everything I'm about, which is a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm kind of the Renaissance woman. Um, being an artist is interesting because we just want different stuff going on all the time. So mm-hmm. that links you to whatever interest levels you have. But Okay. So Facebook is the place to find that. Yeah. Facebook is the best place to find me because it links you to all of my communication and stuff. Awesome. And I will have the links to your Facebook on, uh, in the show notes as well. So your personal and your, um, author page. I think my links tree website brings you into everything, even Facebook. It's really cool. It's free too. You should check it out. It's awesome. Okay. So once you click on that, it tells you like this business, my book, this, this, and this. It's cool. Very cool. And I think I just added Facebook to that. So it'll bring them in to Facebook. Awesome. All right. Well, I know that people are going to want to connect with you and grab a copy of your book and dive into that. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being so real and honest and for adding so much humor to, to the world and helping to heal people in that way. So thank you for what you're doing and thanks for being my guest. Thanks for having me. It was a total honor. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart experiences and light with all of us. If you want more of the We Podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the We Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.